Check out that sign. This is the defecation-free store. That's the kind of feature you dream about. No defecating. Urinators, welcome. But if you are a defecator, or planning on defecating anytime soon, don't come down here. This is not your place. Stay home. Go next door. So come on down to Latte Larry's and have a hot cup of spite with me. You're not going to believe what's going on in here. You'll be very impressed. Come on! Test. Test. Okay, all right, you good pater. All right, everybody, welcome to the analysis in the time of COVID. Uh, we're streaming into the void, streaming in the time of COVID. Bob, will you sign my stream? What are you watching? Let's give the people something to look forward to. Matt Hayes, the man who every town he touches has to go into shelter in place. <laughs> yes, I'm patient zero. I'm spreading it around. Uh, it can't be stopped. So... If you're listening in the future, of course, this is being recorded during a time where a lot of states are going into shelter in place. Early March, they're shutting down New York City. The only person on an inbound flight is, of course, Matt Hayes, who's going to celebrate (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Hey, man, I'm not the one who's down at the river in Chicago. (laughs) You're, You're the reason we're locked in our rooms. That's true. That's true. You and all the fucking spring breakers and uh, the spring breakers doing karate at a house party. Uh, uh, not not my best choice going to a house party during spring break during COVID nineteen. But hey, that, it hadn't really hit the fan yet. You know, it was changing by the hour. It new was, regulations every yeah, day. If it hadn't hit the fan, it was getting dangerously close. So, uh, but we uh, were but the podcast community is thriving. Yes. Uh, Streaming services are booming. Uh, movie industry shut down. Completely shut down. Uh, TV production, everything's kind of on lockdown. So you kind of you kind of have what they got. Um, although there's plenty out there. Um, a lot of people find this uh, a time to catch up on shows they put off. New Re- New Westworld is out there. HBO's got dumping all their stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff coming out on Netflix. This Lion King documentary is very hot right now. Yeah. Um, and then movies that are in theaters are, are, are now coming to you. Uh, Onward by Pixar, Emma, um, Jane Austen's new uh, J- Jane Austen film, uh, Invisible Man, which was kind of out for a little while. Yeah, we had just done an Invisible Man episode. Yeah, uh, and you you did a, uh, what, a disaster film pod? Uh, just recently, of, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so well, you know, kind of just getting into the into the mood, you know, kind of mirroring what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, as opposed to an escapist distracting the complete opposite. You guys went full on. Let's just match the world right now, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's the way I handle things is get as close to it as possible. So <laughs> a lot of people are trying to avoid that type of thing. I'm going to go watch the movie that gives the best example of it because that's cathartic to me. So I know that might not be everyone's close approach. to home. Yeah. I, I go. So if I'm going through a breakup, I'm going to go watch like nine breakup movies. Uh, if I'm, I'm if you're, I'm, you're a sad song guy. Just cry it out. Yeah. Let me, yeah. yeah. Let me like get my purge. Right. And if, if I'm feeling great and if I'm going to weddings and I'm feeling the season of love, like I'm going to go find those things. So I always find the material that mirrors my mood. And, and uh, COVID-19 hits, world is in turmoil. You're watching 28 Days Later, Walking Dead episodes, Contagion. 
uh, whereas I'm more of a uh, Lion King two and a half, uh, maybe, maybe a Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Uh, there you go. Yeah. No, I, no. I, Contagion <laughs> actually, I, I, you touched, you, you kind of nailed, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. We were like, at the time this came out, you're like, meh, I'm not really into it. But now it's, it's kind of, this is the playbook, and you're like, oh wow, this is ahead of its time. The research. I just don't like the Jude Law character in that. That's my only real gripe with it. But um, not to belabor the point, you guys yeah. went into great detail. Um, so let's start off with what's on your list. What, what are you What are you catching up on? So speaking of something not my escapism, something that's not mirroring my environment right now. I've just been counting the days and hours and minutes to each Curb episode in season yes. ten. So I wanted to start with Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you don't mind, season 10. Absolutely, yeah. Great season. Just had its finale last night, so we're, uh, we're getting some hot takes here. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph on the Rex. Um, yeah, so let, let you just finished the episode. Uh, break it down for us. What do you think? This season was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Leading off, so I had missed the first four episodes before I had visited you in Los Angeles in January. And and I made you watch episode five. You made me watch episode five first. <laughs> but <laughs> I went back during the time where you and Cameron were sleeping and I was still on Central Time Zone and watched episodes one through four. And let's just start with episode one. The Spite Store is the, the foundation of the, the Spite Store is getting laid out. Richard through line. Richard Lewis's uh, uh, boycott, not boycott. What do you mean? I said I would never go to this store with you. And I will never <laughs> go to this store. <laughs> That's not a boycott. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. No. Uh, but really the, great pilot, though. I mean, such a great. Out yeah. The last three or so I can remember. And uh, the, the MAGA hat bit we need to talk about. Yeah. Great, great move. Great bit. Jeff tells uh, Larry that he can't play golf with this guy because he wears a MAGA hat and he's totally repulsed, which the slow zoom on Larry's face when he realizes he's got a surefire way to repulse the world. Uh, and yeah. and he, he goes full MAGA hat, gets out of the, the lunch date that he doesn't want to have. He gets his own spot up at the sushi bar. He gets out of the confrontation <laughs> yeah. with the biker. Oh, it's so good. But And then and then to 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 parallel that with the fact that uh, Jeff looks exactly like Harvey Weinstein now that he's lost some weight and he grows yes, out a beard. Yeah. Oh man, I was dying <laughs> at that episode. Yeah, they're they're both just persona persona non grata, both of them. Yeah, and Larry uh, comes out in the the robe, and it's like, oh, it's so it's so perfect, Curb. Yeah, they they really and it, the whole season was pretty prothe- prophetic, you know. Like he he's really up on the Perel, yeah, uh, hand sanitizers um, at the at the Latte Larry's. Mm-hmm. And yeah, every, uh, Perel on every table. People love the Perel. And that yeah, obviously they shot this months ago, almost probably a year ago. I'm assuming. So yeah. that's really funny. And when you watch that scene, you're going, "Oh my gosh!" It's almost like The Simpsons, right? With the uh, with with its prophecy. Oh god, all the prophecies of the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Which I've been having fun uh Professor, do you think it's time for people to panic? Yes, I do, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, the We're all doomed. It's time like this. I wish I was a religious man and then it's all, all over are. people. We don't have a prayer. <laughs> the priest. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy. God. 
I love that. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, I just love when, you know, shows are kind of ahead of its time and it's it's that that's what's cathartic for me, where it's like, oh, they they, they kinda of called it and it's fun to laugh at in a, in a way. You have to laugh to keep from crying, Bob. Correct. That's, some, that's my philosophy. So um, you've got the through line of Mocha Joe, who's always a great Larry villain. Yep. And you've got the Spite Store. The 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 little bits, the bits of realism that they added to this season, I really liked, where it was Larry's commercial. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Uh, the last two episodes they did. Yeah, that. so Larry's commercial. You know, it's a it's a spite store. And, you know, yeah. defecators stay at home, or if you gotta defecate, go next door. Just no defecators. <laughs> I thought that would be more of a problem. It's a diuretic. People are gonna be shitting after they eat, uh, drink coffee. Uh, where are they gonna go? I thought that was gonna be like the store does really well. All the things are like, oh, this cube. No one's gonna like this. Women aren't gonna want to like squat over this. <laughs> hole in the ground yeah, it's like but, bar like, class the, pisser yeah n- none of those were problems the store does exceedingly well, well the prices are people, so low it's a yeah dollar ten for a <laughs> cup of coffee like really good coffee yeah and people like people love the coffee they they love the bolted down tables they love the purell the um, the coat hangers and it, it kind of does sound like a, a utopian store you know you, you go to a restaurant and you're kind of fumbling over uh, under the bar you're kind of like you know, uh, reaching for like you're trying to find the hooks. Yeah, it's like a dark bar. You can never find. There's never enough hooks. They're never. They're never right by you. Um, I know. I I, I. I. relate to Larry and a lot of things involving restaurants. It's you can't go out. And you also, by the way, and we're gonna get to it. The ugly section at a restaurant, which I'm sure your restaurant has an ugly section. Oh, 100 percent. But yeah, yeah. This is this is the Larry universe that he creates where you can't go out in your everyday life and not think about it. And if you're taking inventory of the, the observational humor he's got in this, he's got the wobbly tables. Mm-hmm. You're going to probably see that as soon as they open up restaurants again. You're just going to get a wobbly table and go, fucking Larry, we should bolt Everybody these to the ground. Everybody needs wobbly. Th- yeah. Siren exactly. abusers. The, uh-huh. the, That's a fun the one. Firefighters, the firefighters. Um, Purell on the tables. Uh, you've got uh, the the ugly section where you're gonna go. Oh my god! Everyone around me is ugly. Am I in the ugly section at the restaurant? The the bathroom attendants. No one wants you in here. No one. Yeah. No one looks at you and and wants anything to do. I would gladly give up everything you've got on this counter right now to not have to deal with you in this bathroom at this moment. One hundred percent. And yeah, all I, I, these great observations. Yeah, that is. I lo- I just love that the bathroom attendant especially. Um, another bit I enjoyed. Um, the when the postman comes to confront him, and he's like, "Yeah, it's not really you know shorts when you're confronting someone." That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Can't just yeah. The me. observations on the whole season were great. The um the through line of the sexual harassment uh, lawsuit kind of lost me a little bit with the, the Nicole woman. Uh, the the waitress, the sweaty waitress, with the he gives the car to, and then she refuses to give it back. And yeah, sells it. the licorice bit. The, yeah, yeah. Th- those those were a few of the down moments, to, just to be fair and partial. But um, on the whole, I mean, I, and then John Hamm, great turn as the uh, the the guy shadowing Larry. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. And you also in that have the the uh, giving the break to the people that can't take a shit. The new app. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, the take a break. Larry's always inventing apps in his own mind. If you go back to the eye toilet with the Seinfeld Uh, bit, you could tell that Larry thinks about apps all the time. Oh, yeah, well, he's always got, you know, these these bizarre ideas. Like, um, what was he saying to the the doctor? He's like, 
you know, why can't they have something that? Uh, oh, uh, like, like, no, it's like the, the, the matador. Like, oh, what's yeah. so hard about being a matador? You know, they got the cape, and why can't they just move the cape? Yeah. <laughs> it's just this asinine <laughs> ramblings of a madman with too much money and too much time on his hands. Yeah. Um, I did like in that episode though the uh, Richard Lewis said a great <laughs> his excuse was a bleeding rectum. <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't come up with anything better. Bleeding rectum. <laughs> he can't sit in the chairs because the bleeding rectum. Oh. Larry, Larry, really making use of the HBO uh, lack of censorship uh, this season. A lot, a lot of fecal humor. A lot of defecation. A lot of you know diarrhea, fecal, uh, bloody rectums. Um, <laughs> really going for it. This old, old, angry Jewish man and all of his butt jokes. I love it. Well, yeah. Uh, it's been a great season. Uh, whoever hasn't watched it, check it out. Give that a stream. Give it a stream. Um, if, you're, if you're new to Curb, maybe just dive in from the beginning. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, jump in at season three or so. Actually, um, really, real quick, I like season one through four a lot. And they really did a tone switch, right? And we've talked about this before, so I'll be brief. But season one through four, definitely it's the people around Larry that are crazy. And he's generally sane, but his social circle doesn't really see it that way you know it's always yeah. like larry why can't you just be more a little more easygoing and then it's like season five moving forward larry's the person who's absolutely insane and it's just groups of people always surrounding and shouting at larry but that's a great observation i, I think probably you could chart the, the swift or the switch in that to like the freak book episode oh yeah um i feel like that's around season four although just off the top of my head well season four yeah, is the producer's bit where he's in the producer. Uh, oh yeah, and then you got the Seinfeld reunion. Yeah, uh, but he just be, he becomes he becomes like the crazy person in society, and, and and it starts off this season. He takes that selfie stick and snaps it over his knee, and it's just like he's completely off the deep end at this point. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he he's definitely the asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas everyone else was the asshole to him. Before. So yeah. if you're watching no, it, yeah, yeah, watch for, right. if you're going back to watch the beginning, watch for the tone switch. You'll be able to tell. Any advice? Stay out of the sun. <laughs> no, yeah, the early seasons are great. It's just um, the the quality uh, is definitely uh, you can you yeah. Can... It's almost like it's shot on a VHS. Uh, yeah, camera. it is. It is bizarre. Um, anyway, although so it was like the Larry Sanders show. Anyway, but uh, great season of Curb. HBO is kind of on fire right now. Uh, Westworld season three comes out. I'm gonna pass on this season. I just I was so off of season two that. I'm going to give this a miss. Are you going to watch it? I fell out of season two, probably four or five episodes in. I, I I, wasn't watching it actively enough for somebody to get the value from it. Um, right. I, I wasn't ever invested enough in the characters to where the second you start to tune out of that show, I would be, I would like look up and be like, oh, I have no idea who this person is. They've just introduced 12 new characters. I don't know who's a robot and who's not. I just, yeah, I, it's on me. I like I needed to be more actively engaged, but they didn't hook me enough to. No, the, fir- the first season was interesting. It, it was a minefield and a, and a mental puzzle, but you're like, oh, I, I'm definitely, I'm so, I'm interested in where this is going. It's. Season two is just all over the fucking place, and I'm just, yeah, they've lost me. So, yeah, I did see that they have uh, my boy Aaron Paul in the new season. To help kind of ground and legitimize the new direction. It's like, do you ever just, like, pray? (laughs) That's a really bad Aaron Paul, but... Yeah, it's it's not bad, actually. (laughs) You You know me, my favorite show of all time. 
So they're they're trying to get the Bob Panalones of the world back by dangling cast members from Breaking Bad out there. What's uh, what about uh, Better Call Saul? You're up on that one, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched season one. I should probably go back. And so back in uh, right now, I, I've decided to uh, jump into Succession and ride that out. Yeah, um, you should definitely do that. I think you're really gonna like that. Are you? How I'm far on, along are you? See, uh, halfway through season or episode four of season one. So uh, I, I'm excited to get to episode six or seven. I guess that's really where it uh, blasts off. Um, but yeah, two seasons in the can. Everyone's like, it's the best show on right now. So. I'll check that out, but uh, I do also want to dive back into uh, Better Call Saul. I, I I really liked the first season, and then just kind of didn't back in, didn't get back into it when it. Yeah, they're really banking on those first four or five episodes of exposition in Better Call Saul season one. They're really banking on you trusting Bob Odenkirk and pr- trusting Vince Gilligan that it's going to get interesting eventually, and they're going to start showing you the why. And they, it's yeah. probably the most exposition in dipping a toe into the shallow end of a show I've ever seen. But, I mean, you gotta have... They're, they're, they want you to have patience with it. It's an exercise in patience, almost. But... I, yeah. I I was into it. I could also totally understand that people are like, I don't have seven hours to just burn on patience. Like, I want I want to be interested right now. And I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... When do you think that show really takes off? I mean, it takes off toward. Honestly, it's not towards like the last fourth of the season where you really start to. Oh, you're talking about season one. Season I, one. I mean, yeah, yeah, season season one as a whole, I thought was really cool. It ends on a really interesting where he's like he's hit rock bottom and his brother fucks him over, right? Mm-hmm. But like, when do you think it kind of makes the turn to like, oh, this is becoming like Breaking Bad good? I mean, oh man, two, well, three. not until they start introducing the the characters from Breaking Bad, like when you start to meet. Uh, Hector Salamanca, and mm-hmm. uh, you start to get Gus back in there. Then you're and the and the the nuances of the the drug ring start to take off. Like that's when you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now we're like really getting in it. And he doesn't become his Breaking Bad character until like like he last hasn't, season. The name ch- the la- the name change hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened for you, but it happens in in the in the season before this newest one. Oh, okay. So like four seasons of just like yeah. pure backstory. He's Jimmy McGill for a long time. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I didn't think they were going to give it that, that long of legs. You know what I mean? I, I figured maybe it'd be a one or two episode arc and we would, we would come full circle to Breaking Bad. So it's kind of interesting that they designed it to be, you know, they, they can kind of prolongate the arc at their own discretion depending on how many seasons they got. You know what I mean? Yeah, but knowing the creator, I do not anticipate it going maybe more than one or two more seasons before it, yeah. before they get back up to where Breaking Bad launches. And I anticipate that the last episode of that show, he gets a phone call and it says, hey, someone named Walter White's here to see you, or he has a sit down with them or something where it starts to really take, or that's like, the, that's yeah. where they'll button it. For sure, which is incredibly anticlimactic, I guess, as like a final note. But it would be, you know, it makes perfect sense for them to do that. Um, what else is on your radar, man? I mean, uh, Outsider um, is something I, I kind of watched the first episode of, just keeping with the HBO theme. Um, yeah, I really want to watch that, and I need to get into that. I've actually watched a couple of new series with my shelter in placing. 
The first one is is shorter, but Modern Love, which is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Have you watched this yet? No, no. Uh, I, for a second, I thought you were talking about Sex Education on Netflix. No, but what's Modern Love? So Modern Love is uh, seven-part vignette stories. And you know me with the vignettes. I love the vignettes. Yeah, I love New York. I love the other one. Yeah, oh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, I don't love Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I like uh, I, even just plays. Like you were, you were in a vignette style play before yeah. I was. I the the whole like play festival where every thirty minutes you're getting some new story, like a palate cleanse. You're getting um, different tones. You're getting different stories and messages. I've always really liked that style of project and so this is based on they are inspired by real life essays in the new york times that are part of a series called modern love and everyone is individual Uh, a lot of them were directed by a director named john carney but emmy rossum who was in um, shameless she directs an episode so there's a few different episodes but all of them uh, kind of take a look at love in a different perspective and there's really incredible actors that do each vignette so Anne Hathaway is in one of them um, and she has uh, she's bipolar and she's learning to accept her she, she, she like keeps her bipolar like completely to herself and she tries to like coexist in this world uh, but you know she's learning to express to other people, her bipolar nature, which of course you would probably have to do when you start dating people. Um, yeah. Dev Patel is in a really good one about just relationships uh, born through breakup or that can um, be re-examined through breakups. Uh, Tina Fey's in one with uh, John Slatterly from uh, uh, what the hell was that show called? Uh, Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> Andy Garcia is in a Catherine Keener. So there's a lot of good actors, but each one oh. has really, really uh, sweet stories. And, and uh, there's, you're not going to necessarily identify with every single one of them, but there was three or four that I really liked. Yeah. All right, cool. That sounds worth giving it a stream. Yeah. And, and the ones that I really liked just to, so you can mark them when you're watching it. Um, when the doorman is your main man, is about a woman in New York whose uh, doorman is this like Polish guy and he uh, is kind of like a father type and he's always telling her the guys that she's dating are pieces of shit and she goes to him for a lot of advice and she kind of goes through some trouble and he helps her out. So that kind of explores a different type of relationship, uh, more like a father-daughter type relationship. And then um, Dev Patel, uh, when Cupid is your prying journalist, uh, that one's really a, a really good one about love in breakups and love through breakups. And then Anne Hathaway's is uh, Take Me As I Am. Uh, that's the one about bipolar. That one's really good. But the, I really liked the Tina Fey one. And Tina Fey's oh, nice. examines, that's the one with the guy from Mad Men, and it examines love that has run its course or... Uh, love that isn't the same as it used to be and she's they're they're uh, this couple who their kids are getting older and there's a really great line where she they're watching march of the penguins and she goes like is that us are we penguin people are we just <laughs> are we just together to, to like make sure the kid survives and, yeah 
And he's like, no, like, we're fine. And he's this, like, douchey actor. And she's like, well, what do we do? Like, we don't have any interests. We don't do anything together without the kids. What do we do when the kids leave? He's like, I don't know. We'll go on a cruise. And she goes, we're going to go on a 40-year cruise? Like, what are we going (laughs) to... And it's them, like, deciding through couples therapy whether they're going to stay together or not. And it's just a really... I I really thought it was interesting. So, anyway, quick shout-out to that show. Yeah, quick. (laughs) Ten like minutes 10 later. Minutes. <laughs> um, no, for sure. All right, cool. So I, I want to talk about the on-demand uh, movies in theaters real quick. Yeah. Uh, movie industry is is scrambling. Uh, all the big temples are pushed indefinitely. Uh, otherwise, they would take an absolute bath on these, you know, 150 million, 300 million budget films. You can't – you have to release them internationally to even attempt to make your money back. Which sucks for me. Like I'm, this was. I'm so looking James forward Bond. to like Top Gun Maverick. No time to die, James Bond. And now it's just time to die, uh, yeah. to to borrow the SNL joke. Um, I watched Emma last night, which was a movie I was marginally interested in. Uh, the trailer seemed like a, a kind of um, Pride and Prejudice meets um, The Favorite. It was kind of like, you know, it's Jane Austen, but it's you know Bill Nye's bringing kind of a bit more of a quirky humor. It's almost like a Wes Anderson take on that sort of really style, um, which it didn't turn out to be. Uh, oh. the the trailer is much funnier because it kind of condenses all the really funny bits. I will say, uh, spread out over a two hour plus film, it, it does kind of read a bit more like your classic Pride and Prejudice. The same beats, like oh, th- th- this couple hates each other kind of hate each, hates each other and now they kind of scheme together and now they're falling in love and it's the Mr. Darcy story it's all the same but it was enjoyable it's cute it's really fun um the question is is it worth $20 to rent and i don't think it is because it's it's if, if you call the studios bluff on these it's they're going to release them in a couple weeks you know how long are they going to have these out here for for 20 bucks sitting there you know just like a turtle taking a shit uh, and plus, it's not like high end. It's not. It's not their A material. It's. It's Pixar. I mean, Pixar's Onward, which didn't really See, generate much. It buzz. didn't. But I would be interested for twenty bucks. It's a rental. Yeah. So you're saying you'd rather wait it out and it go down to five? Well, here's the thing. Let's. All right. The movies in theaters right now. I. I, I pay. You know, it depends on where you live. But in L. A. You're. 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 Thirteen to sixteen bucks easy. That's around us so too. For, yeah. So to pay more than that for an at-home experience i mean i would have you have to exhaust all your other options that you usually watch at home your your netflix your your shows on hbo like old movies you'd like to revisit i I feel like people have to exhaust all of this before they'll get to like oh yeah i would have gone to the theaters to see emma or onward or invisible man but yeah i'll pay 20 bucks just to sit here and not have to get in my car i don't know that it's worth that because the theater experience is why you pay that premium right the you know the the better screen the better sound the the isolation aspect i I don't or just people being in a crowd i think people like to be in a communal experience where when a joke hits you're listening to 200 people laugh yeah Or when a scare happens you're listening to like 100 people scream yeah exactly so like you know, when these movies come out on streaming, they're five ninety nine, uh, three ninety nine. You know, depending. But do you think they would make more of their money back if they just cut their losses and put them out to rent right now? Or are people going to be like, it's twenty bucks, so it's exclusive? Maybe I'll, I'm more likely to pay it. I'm just, I'm so curious what the numbers are going to be on these, and if people respond, and if it's worth it to people. 
You know what I mean? I think you're not going to know that until a movie that the public really wants to see is done in this format. Because I think like there's no... banging down the doors. Yeah, there's no, there's no groundswell for Emma. Like, you're an English turd, and... I mean, I like Bill Nye, but I'm not, like... I need to see this movie right now. But if you dangled out Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to me, and you were like... 20 bucks rent it versus i mean i that doesn't really count because that's a that's a theater experience that i'd want to have yeah so let's say they're like well all right they put out no time to die uh, i'll pay anything to see i mean yeah 20 bucks i'll see it but also there's there's no i i would i would rather they don't release it there's no way i'm not gonna rent it like that movie specifically um i'd probably go up to like maybe 30 but like I also there's no way I could like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna not buy it I'm gonna or I'm not gonna rent it I'm gonna wait till it's in theaters I don't want this experience kind of ruined for me you know what I mean there's no way I wouldn't be able to not do that but at the same time yeah God I, it's 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 hard um, okay here's an example because I think comedies you can enjoy in your own home and I've yes, I've given up one hundred percent so Wes Anderson French Dispatch oh well yeah that's perf that's a perfect in home. So, so movies that would be like, oh, I'll wait to see it and I'll wait till it comes out on streaming. That's a great streamable. Um, I'd be more inclined to drop that. And also, I guess when you're quarantined, you can be like, yo, let's split this. You know, it's like going to the movies, uh, Venmo me, and it's five bucks for yeah. each for four people to watch. Yeah. I think that makes it more palatable if you can kind of gather a group or at least the people you're living with and be like, yo, let's all go to the movies, quote unquote. Um, toss me five bucks and we'll rent this new movie. If it was, say, 30 bucks, French Dispatch, it's coming out, hey, you call up four buddies, let's go down to the local dispensary, let's get some candy, wink, wink, we're going to watch French Dispatch, everyone Venmo me 10 bucks, and we're going to just watch it at my place. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if that's... Sign me up. Do you, do, you, do you see that being the new normal? When, when things goes back, when things go back to normal, will things be simultaneously released? Like you can go to the theater for fifteen, you can watch it at your home for thirty. I don't know what the net is on that. Like I don't know how much it costs. Like what the cost benefit to the studios will be if they release it with that thirty and everyone's chipping in ten bucks versus what they make from a theater for screening their movie like i don't i i don't understand the economics of it so i know well there's so much in play right because like the theater houses like amc be like oh no time to die is available for 30 we're not going to show it in our theaters because it's no one's going to come you know i mean we're not going to pay for the rights if you're already releasing them digitally so there's going to have to be like some profit sharing they're gonna there's going to have to be a whole thing where they come together and agree that that was the whole thing with like Irishman. No theater would show it because it's it's available on Netflix, and I need a certain window, right? I've been one to say that I think the movie theater going experience will become as uh, as a acquired taste the same way that a live theater experience became once they right, re- right, right, once right. they released movie theaters. Where it was a select crowd, it was a specific. It be, it's become a specific taste, a specific type of crowd that goes to see live shows, live plays. Where it used to be, everyone would do it. Thousands of people yeah. would would go see live mm-hmm. shows, and I think eventually there's going to be like film heads that go to movie theaters. They're going to be way smaller. It's not going to be a megaplex anymore. And I think 
I think the buying behavior will start to transition to paying the 30 bucks and watching it at home. Yeah, this is definitely an adapt or die situation for the theater houses, right? They've got to come to some sort of agreement. You know, the, this whole bullshit, like, well, you have you can't release this on Netflix for 120 days, otherwise you won't show the movie. That That's gone. Like, these movies are going to be out immediately. I think we're already seeing that. Um, but it seems like the theaters are going to take a bath but doing this, doing it this way, releasing them digitally. Like, the, not getting the box office receipts seems to be a big deal for them. Um, so it's it it's like just a it's a old way of consuming entertainment. Yeah, and and I think the buying like the consumer relationship to streaming and the convenience people love that, and I don't think as many people are hooked into the experience that maybe me and you are, or some of the like the the die hard film heads. I think the masses I, are like, you know what? My screen's pretty damn big and my like yeah. Dolby surround sound's pretty badass. Like I can get a close enough experience and I don't have to like go out of the house to do it. I, I just yeah. think that's like people are that that's the way the buying behavior is going and I think that they're going to want that to bleed in like more regularly to the way they consume movies. So they're like I I honestly think that a lot of people will look at watching James Bond at home they're like, oh, whatever, I'll just do it at home. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't need to go to the theater. I think a lot of people would have that opinion. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, like, the, the perfect analogy is, yeah, theater goers. Like, like people don't go to see plays anymore. Only, like, a, a niche audience enjoys it. Most people are like, nah, I don't need to see that play, or, or um, I'll wait till they make a movie out of it. Or, you know, like, Cats, for as a horrendous example. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Broadway to go the other way is still massively popular and packed every night but yeah but um, not the same way it was in the ni- early 1900s right right um cuz they're becoming more and more spectacle to kind of keep up with the but i i guess the thing is uh, so it's going to be like 30 bucks for 90 days and then after 90 you'll be able to rent it for 5.99 is that going to be kind of yeah that sounds good keep, yeah keep so if you're windows? if you're somebody that really needs to see it right away like me and you yeah, here's your 30 bucks. Yeah. Go crazy. You get a couple days with it. Or if you if you can wait, then yeah, the discounted price is a couple months away. Uh, let's let's say this this crisis goes on for months. Well, what what's your prediction on the the first big temple blockbuster to cave and 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 do this on demand? I mean, we a, a Pixar film is is already kind of a big deal even though the movie doesn't really look that great. Um it's not one of their big properties, but I mean, what about Quiet Place Two? Do you think they'll oh. are they going to hold out or are they going to put it out there? Yeah, I mean that's one like I think I think I would think by genre. So I think the genres that don't necessarily need a theater to win and they're not reliant on international box office. So I think a horror thriller or a comedy would be some of the first to just release. Sure. direct to the video and i think anything that's like mulan or anything that's like fast and furious or james bond or marvel or i think any of those they're waiting for as long as possible to to get as the box long office. as possible i i mean as long as possible being like they're just it won't get released until theaters are back open yeah they'll fucking I mean, wait like, till december if they need to well because all right fast and the furious huge franchise film that's been delayed a year um, Quiet Place Two, a couple of months. 
So I feel like that's a movie that maybe they eventually cave, depending on how long this goes on for. Um, something like No Time to Die, uh, Top Gun Maverick, I assume, is going to get pushed. No, Top Gun, um, they're going to wait. Uh, what about, isn't there some Marvel movie coming out? Probably. Oh, the, the what's his name? The Well, Black Widow, yeah. and then also the, the, the guy that took over for Captain America. Yeah, so like I wonder like when, when the big, what what's the first big shoe that drops? Um, and you're probably right about like, you know, the, the horror thrillers or, or... But again, th- those are movies that they're not like... Those aren't tent poles. I, I wonder if there's a, if, it, if it goes on long enough, are they just going to hold hold on to these films indefinitely until it's okay? Or or do they eventually have to be like, yeah, we got to get this out there? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Well, that's... Uh, that's that's Give it a stream. Give it a seam or a str- sign my stream. Sign in my case stream. you have a nice stream going and you happen to come across a celebrity and you have to pee, yeah. have them sign the stream. <laughs> you don't have a pen, but you really have to pee. Just go for it. Brian Cranston is is one of the, the ones who are open to such a... There you go. Brian Cranston loves to shine streams. Second <laughs> Breaking Bad reference today. Uh, one other show that I watched as we're, as we're signing off, uh, You, which was a Lifetime show, but is on Netflix. A lot of people watch You. I, I was able to pound out 10 episodes. Oh yeah. Oh, and also people are obsessed with um, was it uh, blind love or whatever? Blind love, love yeah. Is I, blind. I haven't love, touched them. love is blind. Love is blind or blind love, yeah. But um, and also uh, Greg Ott's breakfast updates. Correct. Uh, definitely give that a stream. <laughs> <laughs> you can really jump in on any of episode. Yeah. You don't really have to go back or. <laughs> Great. Uh, and and now and now that we know that he listens, uh, shout out to uh, the Grand Exalted Ruler, Andrew, uh, Andrew Papa. Papa. Uh, gotta get uh, gotta get that wife fuck around here and figure yeah. out what he's watching. He's gonna love that episode of Modern Love where the guy fucks his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Uh, we gotta ask him: uh, Is he uh, fucking his wife more now that they're quarantined? Is it the same amount? <laughs> um, phenomenal questions that I'm sure he's very upset that we're asking right now. <laughs> Papa, get back to us. What's what's your rate of sex going on right now? <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's gonna do it for us. That's um, let's just get back onto the airways. Let's keep streaming, um, streaming into the void. Streaming in the void. Always a pleasure, buddy. Glad to see you're happy, oh, yeah. healthy, fun. and safe, and under them waterfalls. Happy, happy, healthy, and thriving, Bob. Um, it's a good time to to social distance. Everyone's inside, so it's a, it's nice and quiet. But no, do stay inside. Actually, do stay inside. <laughs> Don't uh, do as I say, not as I do. Not as you do. (laughs) Uh, All right, man. Uh, Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. I watched every show, every single episode. I'm all caught up and I feel superb. I watched every show. Networks, Netflix, Amazon, all of HBO. I'm overjoyed because my DVR says you watched every show. Hey, John Hamm, I watched your show, Mad Men. Oh, Andy, when's the last time you showered? Would you believe over a year? Yes. <laughs> there was no shower or toilet in my viewing bunker. Gross. Hey, Carrie Washington, quiz me about scandal. You smell like dog feces. More like human feces. You're a mess. Maybe, but I know everything there is to know about every single have you seen Castle? Uh... And now they're in a show that I don't know. I've seen every show. Transparent. Yes. Downton. Yes. Orange is the new black. Yes, 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 yes. I even saw Grace of Monaco. I watched every show.